It's almost like everything I said to you just did not happen. I said, be prepared to unmute. Um, can you hear me now? Are we good? We go beside it. But I was referring to this smooth jazz that we was, <laughs> this smooth elevator music we had playing. Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. Can I, can I get my, uh, my, uh, my, uh, Artist exchange, artist exchange. Art, can I get that back? If we looking for um, intros, outros. No. no can you hear me? God, no, God, please, <laughs> no. Yes, I, everybody loved that, and it was you made it. So I'm just saying, because that elevator music was giving me real 95.9, the quiet fire. Uh, so, welcome to the Artist Exchange Radio Show. Sorry. Live only, live only on BeExposedRadio.com. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm sweating because uh, I can't turn any air on while um, I'm on the air. And, um, yeah, it's kind of warm in here. Um, so, today is going to be interesting. So, I have a... Um, a guest coming shortly. He'll be here shortly. But I have a couple things that I want to announce first. But before I get to my news stories today, um, I wanted to say, first of all, thank you to everybody that's been going to the website. And that is the bestshopbluejewelry.com. Um, just remember, every purchase that you make will get you one entry to our $100 raffle that will be, and I, I said the wrong uh, date last week. It's not the 7th. That's next Monday. It is the 21st, the following uh, Monday. Um, and we'll be doing the drawing live on air. Um, so every purchase you make, so if you buy three pairs of earrings or three different things from off the site, then you'll be able to get uh, a, um, a, a raffle ticket each one of those things and you'll be put into the box and then we'll pull it out live on the artist exchange show and i think that's my last show for the year probably and um so i'll uh, be pulling that out and the winner will get a 100 you can even choose between a gift certificate um because i have two gift certificates so one gift certificate or um cash app or venmo or zelle however you want it it's there, it's ready for you. So continue to purchase. Thank you to everybody who's been keeping me going to the post office. Um, that's kind of my outing for the day. <laughs> so, uh, and you have a couple ways to win. You can either go to the website um, or if you're in the Baltimore DMV area, you can come to my pop-up shop that I do every Saturday at 12 to five. Um, the, the information is on the artist exchange page, so I'll post it up again after the show as well. Um, and, um, 
Oh, so I'm sorry, 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 sorry. So if you you can either go to the website and that's www.vashtiebluejewelry.com and you can purchase that way or you can come to my pop-up shop that is every Saturday and sell the 20... Hmm. Oh, no, actually, so it's every Saturday until um, the 19th and then... Monday through that Wednesday, we'll also be doing the pop-up shop. But you have until the 20th, actually. So technically the 20th. Um, and the 20th will be at a Living Well Center down at um, uh, I'll have I'll post it as well, but I've been posting it on my story on Instagram and Facebook on the Artist Exchange. So you can go there and find the information. But I'll post it again for everybody to see. Um, on my personal page, that's Nate Vashti Blue Cowser. You can go to my Facebook page, either for the Artist Exchange Radio Show, the Artist Exchange Group page, or Vashti Blue Jewelry, or you can go to our Instagram pages, and you can find it. It's being posted on all of them, uh, and you'll be able to purchase that way. I'm very excited. Um, I've done giveaways before, but because I never celebrate anniversaries consistently. Sometimes I'll do it, but sometimes I didn't. I remember my 10th anniversary a couple of years ago. I celebrated it, but this is the 12th anniversary. And there's a few people that I actually wanted to, um, I wanted to shout out and pull it, pull it up now so I could just read it so I don't forget anybody. But there are a couple of people who I have to say thank you to that really supported um supported me throughout all of this. Uh, did I write it there? So Vashtop Jewelry is celebrating 12 years. Everyone who makes a purchase for the next week will be entered into a raffle to, raffle to receive a gift card worth $100. The raffle ends on Monday, December the 20th. Uh, well, the Sunday, December the 20th. But actually the 21st. I'll go to the 21st. And if you up until the time of the show, and then you can enter close out then. Uh, just go to www.vashtabujewelry.com. It has been a huge blessing to have people support my dreams, uh, specifically in the realm of jewelry, because people have been overwhelmingly supportive uh, with my jewelry. It has been a huge blessing. Uh, it started as a fun hobby that I used to channel both my creative energy and my sadness over the loss of my grandmother at that time who had been killed. It, it has afforded me the opportunity to meet and travel and create for many great people uh, and, and making jewelry, doing vending events. I've gotten to travel and do big vending events. Um, I've done plenty of weddings, made the jewelry for plenty of weddings and did a number of um, like jewelry making events. Um, so it all has come uh, full circle in the last 12 years. After all this time, it still feels like I just started. I have a few individuals I must say thank you to. One, and, and there is not in any specific order, but all of these people have really supported me in my jewelry making. Missy Lane Foster for showing me how to make my first pair of earrings and always supporting and encouraging me and my art. So thank you to Missy Lane. Next, Miss Tanelia uh, McKinney uh, for being my first customer. She was my first customer. She bought my very first pair of earrings. And she also gave me 
the love donation that helped me to actually turn that business into a business. Uh, so I started my business based off of her investing that first piece of change uh, into it. So uh, thank you to Tanelia, uh, my mother and my sister for wearing whatever it was that I gave to them. Um, and because uh, some of those first pieces were a little rough. It was a little things would fall apart and I would just have to keep making it over for them. But uh, thank you to them for wearing whatever I gave them. And to my mother for purchasing. Every time I gave her something, somehow she would find a way to give me money for some non-descript reason. But it was always for my jewelry. So it set the trend for me. And it really... In all other areas of my artistry or entrepreneurship, it was hard for me to put value on myself. I knew my value, but to actually put the value on myself and then charge people that, it was very hard. But jewelry was the easiest thing for me to put a value on because my mother would pay for it. So if my mother was paying for it, everybody was paying for it. Um, so thanks to my mother and my sister, uh, Pat and TT. Uh, for Tracy Jiggets for being my first muse and encouraging me to be just be me. Uh, Tracy did not at the time have holes in her ears. So while I was learning from Miss Elaine how to make jewelry, um, it was became a challenge for me to make jewelry that Tracy could wear because she only could wear clip-ons. So I began to wear jewelry for her. She would model my jewelry. She always bought my jewelry. She never let me just give her anything, even with her modeling and often being the face of my jewelry company. So thank you to Tracy Jiggins. Miss Cleatrice Tobey, she is an artist and a, a very accomplished artist. And uh, I... I give thanks for her mentoring and showing me how to live as an artist. She showed me the business side of it. I would go to vending events with her, and that's what really helped me to learn how to do it myself, how to set up and display my work, um, how to price my work. She, first, she showed me how to sell my, my jewelry online. So she gave me a lot of my first in terms of the business side of my art. And lastly... Um, but not least, because there have been tons of people who have purchased my art, who has recommended my art, who has gotten me gifts. But these women really um, showed up and showed out to Sherry Willis. That's my aunt um, for being a consistent supporter uh, beyond purchasing. She has always encouraged me and often without even saying a word. She was one of the people that would tell me, come up to her house in D.C. And she would make me bring all my jewelry and set it up. And all her girlfriends would come by and buy jewelry and stuff. So these women have really been supportive. And it's not just about them buying, but it's often about the support and the encouragement. So thank you to everyone, to all the customers that has supported Red Shop Blue Jewelry. Uh, and thank you Thank you from every part of my heart and for the support because it's really afforded me uh, to live as an artist. So I thank you for all of that. So again, buy the jewelry, you get a chance to win $100. So you get to double the money that you invested in it. But um, And you can buy one piece or 30 pieces and you still have the same chances of winning um, uh, the prize. And don't forget the pop-up shop is every Saturday up into the 19th, and then we'll continue going to the pop-up shop until Wednesday, the Wednesday before Christmas, and we'll be doing the pop-up shop. Um, but the raffle ends on the Monday, the 21st at 5 o'clock. So the raffle is going to be the first thing that we do on the 21st. So with all that being said, I thought my guest would be here by now, but he's not. Um, 
So let me just check on him while we're um while we're doing it. My phone about to die. That's that's crazy. Uh, but I'm I'm just really excited. I've been um going through the blues. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do that story before I start just to give him some more time to get here. Um, so towards like the end of August, I had an issue with um and I got the wrong word, so I hope this stays charged while I'm in here. But towards the end of um Towards the end of August, around, well, August was the first time I had the problem. Well, yeah, August was the first time I had the problem. So um, I had, I started ordering a lot of stuff from Amazon, more than I ever did before. And um, because it was, because I'm home, I was having everything delivered here. Um, because um, I wasn't really too keen about those Amazon boxes where you go into the market, you see them. I didn't really, I didn't test them out. And um, and so I had a lot of stuff delivered to my home. And a lot throughout the summer, towards the beginning of the pandemic, no problems. Um, August, I had a package stolen off the porch. Now, uh Amazon, they sometimes to give you the option of having all your merchandise shipped in one big container or have it done separately, depending on what you're ordering. And I, um, I would have everything come in one box, so it wasn't like a bunch of different boxes uh, for me to carry up the stairs. Um, and because of that, I, um, I would, I, I, oh, with that um, easy listening. But because of that, I would um, <laughs> I would uh, I might have just lost my thought. I, I because I did that, I was often like checking the box and all that. Well, one time I had went on my little week vacation. I did a little staycation, and I had the box to be delivered that day that I was coming back. So when I came back it actually had got delivered a day earlier. So it was there the night before. And I guess people who walked through the neighborhood saw that this box was sitting there all day and decided to go in the box. And they took almost everything that was inside the box. Um, so that was my first claim. And then twice after that, both UPS and USPS both delivered my packages to wrong addresses and were not able to retrieve those packages. Okay, so I wasn't, you know, because of the first experience, I didn't have any issues. I would call Amazon or first I would call the delivery companies and they would say, hey, you got to contact such and such, the actual Amazon. So I would call Amazon. Amazon would be very pleasant, very nice and walk me through the steps of uh, them doing a refund and actually helping me to go through and order all of the pieces reorder all the pieces. So they would actually help me to reorder the pieces and have them sent out. Well, that happened twice, in addition to the first time where someone stole something off the porch. So both times, for first it happened with UPS. UPS went a couple blocks up where they delivered it to the wrong address and were not able to uh, retrieve it. Um, and so they, I had to go through the process of getting a refund again. The third time, USPS delivered it to the wrong address and couldn't tell me where it was. They just knew it was delivered. Well, the post, that postal um, worker 
I guess went to that address and that person finally, I guess, saw the postal service and gave my stuff back. They hadn't opened up the package or anything. Mind you, this was two weeks later after they delivered it to the wrong address. So I had already reported it as stolen. Um, so after that happened, they walked me through the process, reordered the stuff, refunded the stuff that was no longer in stock and sent me that money back and gave me like credits and all that. So because this is the third time, I'm a little annoyed. Um, and because it's their fault, I'm now contacting Amazon to let them know, hey, is it a different way to have my stuff sent? And that's when they gave me the option of having it sent to the boxes. Now, that works um, when they send it to those Amazon boxes, but certain packages can't be delivered there because they only have certain sizes that it goes up to. So if your box is larger than that, they won't... Um, they won't do it. And if it's multiple things, they put it in multiple boxes. So you'll have to get it out multiple boxes. So if the box is full, often how it is now, they do it. So fast forward, um, maybe like mid-November, a couple weeks into November. So I get an email saying my account is closed. So I go through this back and forth process with them for the month of November, um, actually going into December asking why is my account closed? Because by this point, I not only am I ordering most of my supplies, but I'm also, um, I'm ordering my groceries. Because at this point, I'm not going outside for little to nothing. So, <laughs> but, so I'm, I'm ordering myself and I can't do it anymore. They closed the account. I open up another account. I make an order. They take my money and then close my account. This happened two times. So, I'm going back and forth for what is a service team, like a security service team at Amazon. And these individuals are in charge of actually deciding whether or not you get your, you know, account open or closed or not. You can't talk to them. So you can't call in. You can only email them. And they email all throughout the night. So I guess they're they're here. Hey, Rachel, what's going on? Um, so I am I'm I am trying to just figure out how and why this is happening and nothing is being said to me nobody is talking to me they only giving me this very generic message so one thing that i've learned is you don't take no from anybody that can't give you a yes so with that principle i always go to i'm the karen in every situation you can laugh at me scold me whatever but never take a no from somebody who can't give you a yes and that's often like um customer service teams. And I do that because often they'll give you a no and they haven't even investigated or done anything. Well, the way Amazon is set up, whoever this team is, this secret FBI team is on at Amazon, even customer service can't reverse their decisions. So I went straight to, and I've done this several times. You go straight to Twitter, um, Facebook, it works, but I don't think they check their Twitters. But you go to whoever the CEO or the owner of that company is, you find their Twitter page because they often have a Twitter page, especially if they're a large company. And Jeff Bezos, I went to his page and I proceeded to leave literally 30 tweets. And when I would run out of words, I'll just continue that thought. And I literally 30. And I did this maybe three days in a row. And I stopped. Uh, what's the day? Friday. So I, I didn't do it again after Monday. 
So I said, let me just let it sit there and wait because it wasn't, I would go to the page and a message would still be in his messages. So it wasn't like he erased them or anything like that. So I left them there. Um, and then I get a message today and I'll actually read it to you all because it was so pleasant and so nice, uh, much better than what the messages was, what they were sending me before. But it was so nice and sweet and all that jazz. Um, is this it? I think this is it. I should have had it already ready. It says, hello, Nate. Uh, my name is Andrew, say Andre, Andrew, and I'm a member of the Amazon account service team. Jeff Bezos received your email and I'm responding on his behalf. Thank you for taking the time to respond and share your feedback. Uh, after further consideration, we have decided to reinstate your Amazon.com account. We would appreciate your input about anything we can do to help prevent such issues in the future. <laughs> future. We want your experience. We want your experience shopping at our store to be a rewarding one. If you have any order or account-related concerns, please contact customer service team at the link below. Sincerely, Andrew, account specialist at Amazon.com. Now, first of all, if you've ever done um, that level of customer service work where you're at a call center, first of all, you never give out your real name. So that's not Andrew's real name. Mm -hmm. um, but lastly, it's, it's a shame that we have to go to that extreme. Like I shouldn't have had to go to Jeff Bezos' Twitter page in order to get something rectified. Now, often you have to do that. You have to, because normally now all of them have, all of these big companies have a Twitter page and they have a, a customer service or customer complaint Twitter page where you can, because they've gotten kind of hip to how people do things. Mm -hmm. So they think mm -hmm. that you will stop there. No, go, to, go directly to the CEO's page and somebody checks that page. I don't know if it's the CEO. I don't know if Jeff Bezos was the person who actually saw it, but the way the, the message was written was that Jeff Bezos saw the message, received my message. Well, I say he received it. Didn't say he read it, but it says he received it. Um, and somebody from his team got back. But go to the actual page, and they'll actually something. You'll see something in return. Most times, they'll give you a generic message that says. Um, contact our customer service or or they'll say dm them and give them the information and normally something will happen but i suggest that you continue to do it until they something like this happens and they reinstate your page because they were sending me messages if i did something fraudulent and as long as i've, I've every school i've ever worked with everything i've ever worked at i always order my supplies so there's a long like history of me ordering all these supplies this summer alone, just me turning my home space into an uh, extension of Big Spose or a studio for Vashai Blue or the various programs that I work with, a studio. I, I've ordered way too money for too much money. And honestly, I don't even really want to shop with them anymore, you know, because there's other places that I can get these things. It was just that Amazon is the most convenient and often their prices and their delivery is better than anybody else. So that's why I continue to shop with them for many of my supplies. I bought a computer through them before. I bought many of my art supplies, many of my jewelry supplies, a lot of my classroom supplies, a lot of things. Um, so it was this really um, 
upsetting that I had to go through that extreme. And it's been stressful because it, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I didn't want to go keep going to the market every week and, you know, happenstance bump into somebody with COVID. I didn't want to do that. So I was getting my order delivered. It was a very um, stress-free process. Normally, like I ordered this morning when they reinstated it. And because certain days is heavier days than other than Best Friday is a heavy day for them. So my order won't get here until about nine o'clock tonight, but that's fine because where am I going? Um, but it really was upsetting to me that I had to go through that process. And it was just, it was embarrassing one because I felt like I was being treated like a criminal and they were being very short with me. This email that I got this morning was so much more professional. And it was from the same department that I had been getting those messages. And they, they're very responsive because they, they'll respond to maybe three or four of your messages. So every time I would open up another account, they would close it down after I made the order. So they refunded all that money back. Um, and then they, uh, so long story short, don't take a note from somebody that can't give you a yes. So that was my Amazon experience. Um, and I'm a little excited, but I'm a little pissed off too, because I've already started researching where I could get my supplies from at, at just, the, you know, the same type of prices um, as I did through uh amazon so but i did order my groceries i, I damn sure did that but um <laughs> but yeah let me continue going on so i have a couple stories for you um and i've started to um i want to give more insight and more news and not just interviews we'll try to do a little bit more news um and try to give you you know a little experience so we can get it popping, get it moving. So I have a couple stories that I wanted to share with you and just get some insight. Uh, da, 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 saved. The first story that I'm going to bring to you is uh, DMX. So uh, I guess it'll be up on the screen. Try to do it. So, rapper DMX has been embroiled in a hard knock life for uh, what seems to be all of his almost 50 years of being alive. He's been vocal of his past and current struggles between 1986 to 2019. The rapper has found himself behind bars for various offenses. However, through it, though, through it all, he has continuously preserved and has never been void of support from his diehard fans. Neither has he ever blamed someone else or, you know, what a lot of people we see do that's in and out of the system always have a reason for it. But recently, DMX born Earl Simmons was making waves in music prior to breaking out into the mainstream with the release of his 1998 album. The album debuted at the number one spot on top Billboard 200 albums charts and would go on to sell over 5 million copies. The Rough Rider superstar has gone on to release eight studio albums, five of which have been certified platinum or multi-platinum. And a slew of hit singles, the Yonkers native has also been nominated for three Grammy Awards and is in is in the winner is the winner of two American Music Awards in 2000 and 2001 for favorite rap hip hop artists, uh, respectively. Simmons has been quiet 
uh, on the music front for some time. Although reports back in 2019 suggested the rapper had signed a new deal with Def Jam Records, the label that released and distributed his music before moving into Columbia in 2006. Uh, he also participated in the versus battle, which was highly successful um, with legend Snoop Dogg. And that's why I'm going to stop that part of it. And this was the first time that I actually, so you, you hear, if you, I'm a fan of DMX um, and uh, DMX often came to Baltimore. You would see DMX on his own walking through somewhere like Mondarmin Mall. And I think he became such a, such a regular here in the city that people didn't even get really hyped seeing him anymore. But it, it was on his versus battle that happened this year with, with DMX that I really started to really listen to him. So it, it made me want to go back and listen to his music to see whether there were signs or some type of messaging that would have given us any warning signs. But during the versus battle, he spoke a little bit about being molested with by his then nanny. And um, I would not call nanny. We don't call people. His babysitter. Um, and she was an older, 20-some-year-old woman. And I think she would exchange stuff for him. I think like a pair of tennis shoes or something like that. And uh, he spoke about it, but it was such a nonchalant way. And I could see even Snoop Dogg kind of paused a little bit, but he didn't make mention to it because it was in the middle of the, you know, the series. Um, I, I then played a video clip on my social media from the David Button Show, Dave Button Show. Um, and Joe Button, I said David Button, Joe Button um, podcast. And one of his co-hosts on the Joe Button show brought it up. Surprisingly, it was the white guy that was on it. The other two guys, Joe Button and his other um, co-hosts, kind of laughed it off or blew it off as something that wasn't um, important. And and the guy made such a big issue out of it that it made me watch the whole uh, verses all over again just to see if I saw this in his demeanor, speaking of DMX, and I, um, it was heartbreaking because one, they had just the week before spent a whole episode talking about how much of a predator that Jada Pinkett was for, um, allegedly, um, brainwashing the, the young kid that she was, that, that came out and told everybody about her relationship uh, with him. I forgot his name. Uh, but it was it was sad to me that they spent a whole episode talking about how this woman was a predator in that situation, but would not address... August Allison, uh, thank you. Um, but would not address um, DMX and him talking about his babysitter uh, sleeping with him at a t as a young teenager, not even 16, but like younger than that. I think he said he was like 14. And uh, Joe Button made a remark. Most of black men, virginity was taken from an older woman. And that's not necessarily true, but it is, is a, it's truth in it. Um, but it, but to ignore it, yet mock and, and jeer and laugh at and scold Jada Pinkett over August Alicina, who was a grown-ass man. Um, and it is not any different, but, well, it is different because that was a consensual relationship opposed to DMX being fucking 14 
and you you being a 20 some year old woman sleeping with him. And it just it it saddens me that somebody like DMX, who was tremendously talented, I mean, even as an actor, he was good in the few roles he's played as an actor. He's definitely a great lyricist and performer. I mean, if you ever been to one of his concerts, like you feel his energy um kind of vibrating in a room. But it was just sad to me that we are still in a space where that type of conversation can be overlooked, dismissed, and laughed at when we speak about Black men going through those issues. And often uh, we have situations where um, if he wasn't DMX, they would have thought he was a little soft. But we know DMX and we assume we know him and he would never get that reputation because he's such a womanizer. But it, it just is a lot that's going on. It's a lot that I'm reading about it. And even this past um, article he did in allaboutlabs.com, it, it really, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to address it. I don't know how to talk about it because it's very uncomfortable, even it, it being about somebody else because it's not a laughing matter, but you're watching somebody kind of deconstruct. And he's been deconstructing for a number of years. I still recalling what it felt like to watch him on Iyanla Fix My Life and how devastating that looked for him to address that woman who was old enough to be his mother um, in such a foul way. And we, uh, we applaud and laugh at that type of behavior. We love, we love to support people and see on the rise and watch them get to a pinnacle. And we love to watch people just drop this drop out of the face of, of, of their work and their hard work and their talent. Um, but I don't, I don't know. It, it just, it's just still uncomfortable to me watching um, interviews with him um, and not even me judging him, but him pouring out his heart. And if you listen to his music, he's been saying this for years and I didn't even, it was all about, I guess the melody or the beat for me, but why li- actually listen to his music or Googling his lyrics and reading them as if they're poetry. It's just sad because he's speaking about that people have seen him go through and did nothing um, for it. So um, I wanted to bring that story up because there are a lot of DMXs in my family. Like every other uncle that I have, most of my uncles, if not all of them are some form shape fashion of, of DMX. And I know firsthand by watching them go through the motions of life and how life can hit you and how bad decisions and how little or to no support can really just take you on a downward spiral. But I I wanted to mention that and bring that up and and kind of talk a little bit about that because it really did, um, uh, it just caused me part, like I just feel like DMX is not the average celebrity. And I see how they're just laughing, the industry and the individuals who sit on these platforms and talk about these issues. Like we got months and months and months of R. Kelly and the damage and devastation that he caused to um, these black women and months and months and months of how Bill Cosby and other individual black male individuals who have gotten into trouble for their indiscrepancies or rape allegations or molestation allegations, but we have a person who is talking, who hasn't been in trouble for raping anybody, um, but is talking about how he's been treated. And I'm not saying anybody can help him because I feel like that's a decision that he's going to have to make. 
But ultimately, I just see how um, the lack of concern and just how we talk about issues like those those guys on Joe. But and, and I'm not blaming them because the guy did just bring it up out of nowhere. But that response alone just said so much about where we are with issues like this. And it's sad that we are still in a space where we're not comfortable with talking about it. And, and we're still in a space where um, individuals like him can still be um, persecuted and, and ridiculed and judged for their behavior, but nobody is addressing the things that got them to that place. The same with uh, R. Kelly. For years, a lot of this was speculation, but many people knew what was going on. And even before that, people knew his sister came out. Or it was a family. I think his brother came out and talked about how his sister had molested him or, you know, and other people. He had been molested as a child. But people know these things happen and they don't do anything. You know, somebody could have stepped in years ago and kind of gave him some type of assistance and help and and him getting over these things. But people all in it for the money. So what what else? What else can you expect? Um, I had reached out to a couple of people, actually my guest who's not here right now, but uh, I have reached out to a couple of people because I want to actually do kind of like a panel conversation on this um, and and, and kind of make DMX kind of the, the focal point of it. But he's not the only person that's going through this, but I'll send out those information. That should be probably like the beginning of next year. We want to go through that. I didn't want to rush it and talk about it, but today I just brought it up because I saw another article about it, but um, you, that should probably be like one of our first shows or it may be like a special edition show that I do that brings together a lot of black men that have these conversations. But a sidebar, um, I did over on um, Instagram, uh, this weekend, I did hear over here a young lady, and I'm gonna reach out to her before I disclose her name, um, and see if she'll come on the show before we uh, end for the year and have a conversation. But they were talking about the Smoky Norfolk uh, photo and how so many men were so uncomfortable, and so many people in general was very uncomfortable with his 16 year old son and him taking a photo like that, and his son like laying on him being 16, and it was very. Uh, it is very divided in the social media realm in terms of people talking about it. But the people who were talking about it, it's almost like they jump ship and don't realize that we've created a toxic, all of us, you know, no matter how, what level you were on, all of us aided in how this toxic masculinity became what it is and how, you know, homophobia is attached to um, any type of compassion or touch or embrace or love um, and how men aren't allowed to feel or have emotions or, or um, I don't, I don't even know how to talk about it, but I'm, I'm, I'm still working with a couple men right now and how we can present this. Um, and, and it may be a series of conversations we have on black men and how um, we are, because I don't want to just talk, have the conversation because many of the people that I'm talking to, self-included, have gone through this in some shape or fashion or have experienced it in some area of our lives or in our relationships with other people. So some of us need the help. But I want to have a conversation that can kind of springboard to some solutions that we can have. So look out for that beginning the next year. And um, hopefully we can create some solutions.
because I don't want to see another person, another Whitney, another Michael, you know, and allegedly Prince. I don't want to see another person die because we could have prevented something and we chose to capitalize off the individuals and their talents more so than save their lives. Um, I would have rather see Whitney Houston never sing again than to have died in the bathtub. Same with her daughter and many of the other people. So that's my spew on DMX. Um, I have another story today, and that is on Mr. Darrell Walls. Um, I first talked about Darrell, um, one, in in association with his siblings. They are the Walls group. Um, a group of siblings, a band of siblings, um, and a uh, musical group. And they are phenomenally talented. They are tremendously talented. But Daryl is the oldest of his siblings um, and oldest in a group. And he, uh, he is the one who initiated the musical career and he brought his siblings in with him. And they have a tremendous sound. Like, they sound... Just and whether you into gospel music or not, you are love listening to them because their music is similar to what um, I I, I kind of liken them to BB and CC, where they had conversations where their music is it sparks conversations on whether it's gospel music or not because it doesn't it talks about God is very spiritual but it's very relatable to someone who may listen to R and B mostly or something like that. But Darrell, uh, it's being reported that a video clip of him and another gentleman is um, going around the, the Internet. And I saw kind of a snippet of it. I saw photos of it, but I didn't search for a video. And I didn't want to attack this issue on that behalf. But allegedly, he is kissing an, another guy who, who is being reported as possibly his lover or boyfriend. Um, and... Uh, we first heard of controversy from um, uh, Darrell when a videotape um, of him surfaced um, and he was in a church and there was sexual acts going on. And there was actually a videotape of it and it was, I think it's still out there on the internet. Um, My thing is one, we have to really watch who we let in our space. And um, that is a lesson that I've had to become 37 and learn myself Um, because I grew up where my mother would bring in families and children from out the neighborhood and out of nowhere and support them. And, And I connected to that because we often have to watch who we let in our spaces because some of those people destroyed our home. Some of those people then, you know, talked bad about my mother when she could no longer help them the way they wanted to be helped or chose not to help them anymore. Um, And fast forward just to a Darrell, he needs better people around him. He needs better people around him because it looked the video clip that just came out, look like a well the first videotape it was a videotape that he was taking himself like first of all Darrell put the camera down um you you have too much talent right now to and I'm not saying hi who you are or hi what you're doing but everything don't need to be on social media and you know the amount of talent you and your sisters and brothers have um 
you know the light that you have, you know the responsibility that you have to your talent and to your gift and to your ministry. Do better. And I'm speaking to myself, the mistakes that I've made in, in the name of love, the name of, of uh, I don't know, friendship. And you do things in the spur of the moment that seem like you're in the moment and it, it hits you. And um, and I, I have I have to be transparent. There is footage of me somewhere. Hopefully it's been burned or buried or put in the trash and never to be seen again. But a part of me fears like if I ever get to any level of fame beyond like a local level, that person who I know will put it out. Because that's just the type of person that person is. Um, and they're probably watching this because they do sometimes watch it. But I don't care. Uh, but it's it's awkward to have that type of information. Hey, Kia, that type of information out there about you. And you have no control over it. Or you have no say-so in it. Or you have no... Um, you have no... Uh, control over it. And it's just the relationship we have with with ourselves and with others. And we have to really watch who is who is around us and who um who who we let in our space because it's it's being in both situations we well the first situation I've I've heard overheard allegedly um that it was a friend of the other person that was in the video with him that um put the tape out in this situation it looks like him and that person were very um close um and it didn't look uncomfortable to him it didn't appear to be uncomfortable so we don't know who let this out did somebody get hold of his phone or was his home phone hacked or whatever it may be was it his phone was it somebody else taping it really is unclear but i'm, I'm uncomfortable with people judging and this time, we can't blame the church for being the judging force. It's everyday individuals. And people are still, to, to this day, it, it amazes me how funny it still is when people think about gay people or how uncomfortable people still are with the fact of what other people do in their bedrooms. Now, you're talking about hoes and prostitutes and, you know, philanderers and rapists still having opinions on what somebody else does in their uh, bedroom, when it's, especially when it comes to black LGBTQ individuals or people of color or specifically black men who are gay or bisexual, or whatever. It still amazes me that we're still at a space where we are still uncomfortable with someone else's sexual orientation. It's very uncomfortable. It's very... Um, mm, It's just uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for me to watch how uncomfortable people are and how they mask that with judgment and ridicule and commentary. And on the message, there was a lot of people that was in support of of uh, Mr. Wall and and who he was and and his um who just who he is. But there were still just as many, if not more, people who were very critical and very demeaning and very nasty and negative and homophobic 
in it. And it's really why people don't feel comfortable being who they are. I stand by a message and it may sound crazy, but with all the new labels of identity in terms of sexual orientation and gender, I think we would not have this much of a push towards those things. If we allow people to openly be themselves, you wouldn't have nearly as many DL people. You wouldn't have nearly as many people claiming to be bisexual or pansexual, or you wouldn't have the need for those things if people were able to just be who they are with no sort of connection or, or label or, um, uh, title. That's the word I'm looking for, a title, to explain who they are and what they do. I'm a big person on, and I just, crazy enough, over the weekend, I, you know, I was having a conversation with a couple people, and um, who I am sexually came up in the conversation. And it's one of the reasons, well, I'll say it, it happens often because I'm a person that keeps who I am to myself. I don't... Uh, I don't talk about what I do sexually because it's nobody's business. Like it's really not, it's not me being uncomfortable with who I am, but it's none of your business. Like it's not, you know, I didn't grow up hearing my parent, my mother talk about sex or who she was with or whatever. And she may have done that with her friends when I wasn't around, but I never heard it. I never saw it. And we live in a space now where everything that we do from masturbating to watching porn and threesomes and I slept with this one and to two sisters and two or two, everything that we do is so out there that it's nothing. It's, and it's almost like advertising. And I think people do it to advertise to the other people out there. I, I really do. But it's just really uncomfortable for me to hear it, for it to be a thing. And I think we should find ways to kind of pull back. And I'm glad social media is becoming more and more restrictive and prohibited. So we can't talk about certain things and we should not talk about certain things. I think when you have parents and children, I think conversations should be a little bit more open. But if that would happen, we wouldn't be grown people talking about our sexual prowess or our sexual, you know, energy so much so like it's just done i'm not opposed to people sharing who they are and what they like but it's done in such a vulgar way where this the conversation i was having just that person just talking about how they suck dick like it just i was so put off by that and i'm and again i'm a person who i'm i'm never been comfortable talking about sex you know i never had a sexual conversation with my mother or anything um uh, but I just, I don't see the need really in having that conversation because unless we are about to get down and do the dirty, I don't really see the point in us having that conversation with each other. Um, but to bring it back to Darrell Walls, I, you know, I just asked everybody the question, like, what do you think about it? You know, if that was your son or your child um, on spotlight like that, what would you do? You know, what would you do? What would your conversation be? What, how would you feel? How would you respond? How would you react? Um, how would you tell them to react? Um, it's being alleged that he shut down his Instagram page, his Twitter page, but he, I don't think he did. Um, but because you can still go to his Instagram page. Um, 
Uh, but if you want to call in and, and tell me what you think, 443-642-9403, tell me your opinion on, on, on not even on, if you have an opinion about Darrell uh, uh, Walls or just people over-telling, over-sharing, over-exposing their sexual XYZ everything. Uh, what do you think about it? Give us a call at 443-642-9403. I see you directing. I see you directing, sir. Um, I'll ask you, Marnie, are you comfortable sharing your um, your sexuality or your sexual activity with people? Um... Am I uncomfortable with it? Now I'll say with like your your circle of friends, like your circle of friends. If, if it's my circle of friends, no, not at all. Um, if I'm asked a question, well, you know me, I'm I'm de- mm. I'm deliberately upfront. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so when it comes to me, I, if you ask me a question, I have an opinion and right, and probably people, an example, <laughs> right? But people in this time feel. Especially when it comes to LGBTQ, or mm-hmm. it, I think people in general, people feel the need to know who you are. Like right. it's it's like your responsibility to tell people who you are and what you do. And I, now, I don't I feel that. that. I don't feel that. Yeah. I don't feel I have a. Responsibility. But do you see how people feel? Make you obligated to expose who you are, even though they may be. I've, I've, I've experienced home. it, but they always mm-hmm. got shut down <laughs> because I don't I don't report to you. Mm-hmm. In any facet of my life, right, right, right. So don't right. actually expect to get a response to something that's none of your business. But I agree with I. I'm, no, I'm not down agree with. I understand. I don't agree with, but I do understand why women do it, specifically black women. But what makes me weird is when straight men feel the need to know. Like, what do you need to know for? Mm-hmm. Or why do you need to know what someone is doing in their own bed? And I'm speaking specifically to LGBT, but but I see it a lot online where people feel obligated to your truth, to your story, to your bedroom behavior. Mm-hmm. And there's somebody who claims they don't want to have sex with you. And I'm just wondering, why do you need to know? And we guise everything with or paint everything with the stroke of, well, I'm in media, I'm in radio, I have a podcast, so I'm commentating. Or I'm just, it's, I have my opinion. But why do you have opinion about what somebody else is doing mm-hmm. sexually that's not doing you? That's just, you know, when I, this is the second time this story has come out. Now, he has fault in this because you're the one holding these cameras. Like, it's, it's your camera that's keep being used. <laughs> but... Beyond that, I still don't feel feel but obligated. I just watched that kiss, the, the, the kissing video, and did you watch it? I did. I just watched it, mm-hmm. and clearly, it's much different than the first video, right? Well, well I, I didn't see the first video, so I, I can't. You did. I showed it to you. You saw it. The one in the church. I didn't see that one. I showed it to you. you well, saw show it. it to me again because I haven't seen it, and I want to. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> I just seen the kissing video. If he's gay, I don't, and everybody knows it. What's the issue? But around the time it came out, he made a post on his page. He said, what you see is what you get. What you don't see is none of your business. Mm-hmm. And that, and I, I didn't know any other perfect way to say it. And that's something that I've tried to find the words to say my whole life. But people just... And and I know for me, because I don't talk about it, it makes people that much more curious. Mm-hmm. 
and they want to know because you're not talking about it. And I don't slip up. I don't. But like you said, if I'm asked a question about something, mm-hmm. I'll answer that. You, you will or you won't. It. You will or you won't. It's it's I my will. choice. But no, it's your choice. Yeah. What I'm oh, saying yeah. is yeah, it's yeah. your choice. If right, I decide right. to answer that question, I'll give you an answer. If I don't, I'm going to tell you, um, mm-hmm. well, if it was me. My but I don't, but I, for <laughs> me, it's not even skirting around. I just don't think it's your bit. Do you want to fuck me? That's normally my, my question. Do you want to have sex with me? Are we are we about to engage in? You, you know, know, that's usually my response. I mean, so where are we going with this question? Like, <laughs> like where are we going? Your place or mine? Right. Or we'll get a like, what's the next, like, what's the next step? If I gave you an answer, what's the next step? Because quite frankly, it's none of your business. Because if I was interested in you, you already knew it. Right. That's me. That's me. If you were, if you were uh, a Lyft driver, you know. I ain't sending you no sneaky messages. I'm gonna let you know up front. Right. But beyond that, I'm still very tasteful about it. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna embarrass you in front of anybody else. I'm not gonna embarrass myself. But there's also nothing wrong with the answer of I'm not interested. Yeah. And it doesn't have to come with all the other things behind it. Right. That's typically what you get from me. I'm not I'm not interested. It. No. No thing. But it but this story has is is once again, and I, I don't know what is this gonna do with his career. Um, I know people who know his family members and they are very supportive of him being who he is. Mm-hmm. So his siblings aren't like, look, you got to get out of the group because it was his group. He started it. Mm-hmm. You know, his mom, he has a young mom because they're really young. I don't think people realize they're still in their 20s. Uh, so people don't really know <laughs> how young they are. So his mom is very supportive of him, his family, his circle. Uh, I don't I don't really know a lot of his friends, but I'm. I've been told that his family is very supportive of him. And I think that's what he should go off of and not give a damn either way. Uh, but it, it's just remarkable how people find these types of things still, it t- still tickles them. It still makes them laugh. It mm-hmm. still sparks conversation what somebody else is doing. Because obviously this photo, it didn't look like the boy forced him to kiss him or... Or even he didn't. Like, he actually said, "Give me." He told to his boyfriend, "Give me a kiss," and he was like, "I don't like you like that." And in jest, Ooh. in jest, he was in, he was saying that in jest, right. and he was like, "Oh, you don't like me like that." And then they and he packed, he gave him a kiss on the cheek, and then they kept right. they full on kissed. And it probably was his way, and, and you know, right now it probably was his way of of. It probably was his way of uh, like exposing it because you never know how people are. are I didn't even things. understand what the, the particular use of the video was. Was it a kissing video or was this video cut and it was actually longer? He was actually having a conversation live first and then the boyfriend yeah. came and sat down with them and somebody mm-hmm. done cut that portion out because they thought that was the most vitriol Salacious. part. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the what they always do. They always I mean, yeah, that, they was hyping that, that up. I don't. I, that's why I say it's, it might be all out of context where we missed right. the rest of the video, the part that he was actually speaking on, and they took right. the salacious part, like you said, out of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I see that. I get that. Like that's that's really what I I see. Mm-hmm. But I, I was just uncomfortable with just the just the sal- posting it. Or smearing it, or being like I'm talking about it right now. But I made a conscious decision to talk about it in a way that it's it's on us, mm-hmm. the people who are commentating, not on the story you itself. Know how because I, feel like I don't it. care whether he 
again. Like you I, already know you how know, I feel about the, the church aspect and all of it. So, I mean, but it's not the, you, the you're not you a would church think person. It would be coming from that perspective. It's not right, it's but not you're also not a church, church person twenty four seven. Right, you got a personal right. life, and then you have a life. Right, right. Right. Your personal right. And, life and, and, is your relationships and who you deal with, and then your life is when you include everything else. <laughs> but it's it's really it's it's crazy when I hear non-church people use church rhetoric mm -hmm. to bash somebody that's not doing what they think church people should be doing. Mm. And it wasn't like the first video where I hate was, that. I, I just I'm starting to you know hate the term church people. Period. Like because you're just oh, pe yeah, your people. You're just people. Yeah. And you need to know that y'all all got fallacies. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, I think and it's been a, a bigger push in the last couple of years. The church community is is getting really radical and really divided on their stances on situations like this. But well, I we just, already know that know, just from the who they had um, you know, from uh, the 70, 70 million votes that the former president got. Mm. And most of them came from evangelicals. A lot of them came from and church leaders. Exactly. That a lot of that came from. I don't think they came from a lot of parishioners. I think that was a lot of church leadership, <laughs> pastors and such, that gave them that um, type of lead. And the black ones too, mm -hmm. on all the same. But that it was just you know I, I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want to spark other conversations. One, I didn't want people asking me about my fucking business because it's none of your business. <laughs> But I, but I did, but I, surprisingly, when this article came out, it was right after I had went to a friend's giving and this conversation came up and it was, for me, it's very, people just feel the need to know your business mm. and, and know it to the point where you are just, well, yeah, cause I do this and I'm, I'm doing that and yeah, that's, I've done that and uh, like, why do you need to know? And part of it is because that's what you're out there doing. So you want me to match your wholeness. Mm -hmm. And it makes you comfortable knowing that I'm a whole too, you know, and, but I don't, I don't play that. I don't play that tick with that game. So <laughs> I just, I just wanted, you know, to understand what, what the curiosity is when it comes to other people's sexual activities and, and why is this always news? You know, at this point, every TV show has a gay character. Every movie has a gay say, like, mm -hmm. so it shouldn't be, it shouldn't make you giggle still. It shouldn't make you, like... It shouldn't be so mainstream. Yeah, it right. It shouldn't be, like, part of our, our dialogue anymore mm -hmm. in terms of commentating. Because everybody, every TV show now has a gay character. That's a complaint from people, that every gay <laughs> <laughs> Every TV show is something gay going on, or there's some representation of gay. But that's that's it was it's been designed for that. Like people have fought years for that, mm -hmm. for identity and such. But that's just where I'm at. But hopefully, my guests will come back some other time. You know, <laughs> I only give them a couple chances, but that's what I'm just saying. But um, so um, how are you going to spend the rest of this holiday season? In the same Are you I'm looking forward right to now? Christmas? I'm be right here on Christmas. I'm be right here. Are you having a guest over? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Are you having a guest over? That'll be a no, a negative. They come with a I vaccine. mean, you decorating and re, I, you know, remodeling. Is that just for you? Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's my home. No one else's. Well, you have to share this home. Mm -mm. 
Not you during COVID. No, I don't. So, so speaking of COVID, so right now, say the government and like entities and all that, everybody is going back to normal. That's and they, things mm-hmm. are still shut in shut down mode. No, it, that's not even shut down. I'm not, I don't, I'm not even thinking about the shutdown portion of it. Mm-hmm. We're now up to three thousand people dying a day. Yep. And, and I think sometime last week, Texas had seventeen thousand. And right. that, that, week, that was their catch up. Right. In a week. Yeah. Yeah. Like, y'all don't think this serious? But we're having three thousand people die a day. <laughs> In Maryland consistently. <laughs> well, that's cases. We, we, we get three thousand cases a day. I'm talking right. about universe. I mean, for, so nationally, we get three thousand deaths. A day yeah. where it used to be yep. a thousand people dying a day is now. See, I don't even think. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't think about the deaths. I'm just thinking about the people who contract it every day. See, and, and that's not the, 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 the but you got to realize this. The, it's more severe to hear about the deaths than it is the cases because a lot of those cases that you hear about, most of them survive. Yeah, but for me, the number is outstanding. India. As India is one of the most populated countries in the world, India. I mean, I because you know here here's how I take I take it too because I wish they also I mean it's hard to get that number, but they also with with the case count they also see need to see the people that are recovering. It needs to be yeah. that number needs to be shown. It also needs to show the people that are suffering from symptoms after right. they've recovered. We need to see mm-hmm. those numbers, and we yeah. also, it, along with the death number. The death number is important to me because I don't think that the severity of three thousand people dying a day. When you times that by ten, that's thirty thousand people. When you then well, times I'm, that I'm by speaking, ten, when you say three thousand, that's how many new cases we've gotten. So that that's in Maryland, how many people, right? We had three thousand cases in Maryland. I'm talking about. I'm still talking about nationally. Three thousand right. deaths yeah. a day. When you times that by ten, that's thirty thousand. Okay, yeah. that's 10 days. Yeah. When you times that by three, that's yeah. 90,000 people in one month. Okay, yeah. and then the, times that by 10 for 10 months, that's 900,000 people. Just, and, and looking at the numbers in general, so and I and I only go to India because of how many people live in India mm-hmm. and kind of the economic level that India has, where it has way more people who are impoverished than the United States does. Right. Because well, when, when you look yeah, at the case count, that's person, when you can see what the transmission is. If 3,000 people got right. it in one day, how many people did they come in contact with in that one day, which is mm-hmm. going to be the future cases for tomorrow and then next week? I think our numbers are 5 million more than India has. <laughs> And it was just growing like a hundred thousand, a million, and it was like teetering where they were ahead of us, and then slowly we got ahead of them, and now it's over five million people. And I'm just saying it because of the number of the people, mm-hmm. and they have more people in that small country than we have in our whole United States. And it's just I don't think people are still listening. So when these people are still having these parties and still having these events. And there's no safety precautions. Mm-hmm. And even on the side of a lot of the filming and the television still proceeding. Well, here's what's um, interesting, because I'm going to say this. I'm not going <coughs> to say who. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say whoever. Um, but seeing as though it, it already has now gotten close to home. Yes. With one of our personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, 
contracting the virus. It, it it's it's even more like because I already said it. We've been talking about it for the past two hours now in our in our um, big sports radio personnel group, mm-hmm. and that's it, it, you know just to answer the question for why we had to shut down our studios because I won't be responsible for anybody's death. And and beyond it, it being a legal issue, nobody, I, nobody, all of us don't want to have it. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not, I'm not a judger. I'm not one of the people like put your mask on, but put your fucking mask on. Right. Sorry, but put it on because people, it's it's just and where you don't have to be someplace, high. don't be there. Mm-mm. You don't have to be there. Mm-mm. And in this Mm-mm. day and age, like. Uh, I don't want to harp on this effect that he got a store, you know, that store and all that kind of thing. But well, it's a trickling down effect. It, it doesn't just affect you. It doesn't, and that's that's. I guess you know, instead of harping on that, it. Long story short, it doesn't just affect you. Mm-hmm. Your workplace, your family, your friends, people you just in the market with, and mm, I'm just I'm. You know, I I really hope. He gets better, and I hope he beats this. And and it, he's he's on that side of statistics, but mm-hmm. that's why I, I harp on the amount of people who contracted. Period. And I'm I'm very sorrowful and very you know upset at the amount of people who still who still uh, are in denial of it. Period. Right, but in denial, but that die from it. That's what I was trying to say. Oh, okay. But it's still people are still getting it. And I, I was making a point that even some of the, the film sets, I've turned down certain things in terms of plays and because I didn't feel the environment was safe. Mm-hmm. But we are having situations where those people are getting tested four and five times a week. Mm-hmm. And now those those rapid testing places are so filled in terms of the amount of testing they're doing that some glitches are starting to happen where they're giving false positives to people. Or positive negatives or false negatives to people. Because if you're giving a false positive, a, a, a false negative is surely to follow mm-hmm. or somewhere in the midst as well. So mm-hmm. people are thinking they have it or thinking they don't have it because these rapid testing places are now the go-to. Because that's the way that's the way the entertainment industry is working now. For them to continue working, they need to know. And those tests, I think, come back 15, 20 minutes. So... People are going to those places and they're not following the rules, thinking that all I got to do is go get tested, but not realizing you have to follow the rules that go along with you getting tested. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, wear your mask properly, making sure your hygiene, washing your hands, staying out of contact of large groups of people and and staying, you know, and, and just. I went somewhere, you know, in, in the last week and there were people who was like, oh, I forgot. I forgot to bring my mask. That means the time it took you to get here from where the fuck you came from, you didn't have a mask on. <laughs> I gotta go. Um, I'm out of here because it it just wasn't like it. I don't understand. Uh, uh, and I'm not judging anybody, but it's so funny because somebody called me yesterday. Like, can you take me to the Greyhound? I hung right up. <laughs> I hung right up. You to the ground. No, I'm not taking you to no ground. Why are you getting on the ground? I don't care. The ground was filthy before this. I, I don't care. They Yo, didn't I'm not clean those no ground. I'm not coming to pick you up. I'm not this. coming to see you. I don't want to see your eyes open. 
I don't want to see nothing. No, I'm good. Some some people are really highly offended by that. Some mm -hmm. people are very much so offended when you don't want to deal with them and their coronavirus. I I was just telling Benia last night on after her show um, mm -hmm. that um, I am physically, emotionally, and um. What other other kind of uh, feeling that you can have unattractive to uh, unattractive to everybody? <laughs> I don't even see you. That, that, I, to you see don't ex no. I, you still cute, but I don't see you. Mm -mm. I want no parts of any of you. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Has your has nothing. your um has your hey big head message like increased during all this? It has. It yeah. has. What you doing? What you been head? up to? No, nah. I've been up to nothing. It's dry, dry as a bone over here. Okay. <laughs> nothing going on. Not and I'm not even saying that this this interaction in general. There are times where I just want to. I don't give a fuck what I have. I could be butt naked. I just want to walk out the house <laughs> and do something. Mm -hmm. But you think about like. And, and I'm gonna I'm 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 have it's, it's certain days that I think I get a little too comfortable in the outside, and mm -hmm. I come home and I think I have it. <laughs> so then I don't go outside see, that's the, the house. Thing, and that's the thing that I have been practicing through this whole entire thing. If I have gone outside, say for instance, I go to the supermarket. Mm -hmm. I do actually quarantine myself After. until it's time for me to go to the market the next time. Like yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'm well, not going anywhere so else. I can make that um, one trip a week, and I need yeah. to get everything that I need to get in that one trip because I'm not coming out for the next seven days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I was, I was this going to the grocery store for like a month, but I stopped doing that in like May because mm -hmm. I was like, that's not healthy because I need to at least get because I'm much lighter. Like I look probably the darker on this, but yeah, no, in lack person, of sunlight. <laughs> I'm, but I'm much lighter than I've ever been. Normally, that I will get this for lack of sunlight, right? Right, and I was starting like, no, I'm about to, I'm about to be light skin like my brother. I don't want to be that light. <laughs> but I, I will literally just go stand outside on the steps, or go stand on my balcony and just let the sun hit me. Well, for it's like a an comedy hour. show. So since the cases in Maryland <laughs> and my zip code in particular started to tick up, it's a comedy show to watch me take out the trash. And tell you that now because I don't leave off my top step. No, no, and you no, know, we're no, supposed to move no. our trash cans up to the curb so the trash mm. people can easily access them, right? Mm. And, and they'll picture this. me, and you got to put it out there. And my curb is like it. five feet away from my top step. Picture me from the top step pushing that trash can to the front curb. Mm, it's mm, all mm. kinds of splits happening. <laughs> I can't, I refuse. It's, it's not. I'm, I'm more, I've gotten, I'm not so panicked. I'm not at your level at it, but I'm I not as panicked, mm -hmm. but I do stay in the house. Like, like yesterday I went to the post office and it's days like that where I, be, I come in the house, like, I think I got Corona. It's interesting because, when you make chores, you make chores yeah. so you don't get bored. Yeah. I oh, can't yeah. tell you how many times I have now carpet cleaned the carpet in my living room. <laughs> mm-hmm. I see a spot. Oh, good. This is a good excuse to pull out the carpet cleaner. Or you clean the hell out of that toilet. <laughs> I've scrubbed that's, walls. That's me. I've scrubbed walls. I've scrubbed bricks. 
Mm-hmm. My exposed brick like your background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've scrubbed them down. Yeah. <laughs> but, like but the crazy thing for me, like I, I can honestly say nobody has been in my house mm-hmm. since before this started. So the last time somebody was probably in my house was like February. I've had two people. Nope. Two people. My best nope. friend nope. Nope. and Nicole. Mm-hmm. But that's probably somebody else who has not done anything. Right. That she's home in her house. I know exactly where she is. Right. But I can't. I, I don't trust. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. I don't like talking to people on the phone. But and that, now and I just so my best friend knows, phone. just in case she's actually watching your show today, just so she knows after that birthday party she had with those 15 people over there, she won't be back. <laughs> Ooh. Gotcha. <laughs> and she's an RN. <laughs> yeah, I, I just can't. I, I'm trying, and it's not that I, you know, because it's possible for you to sit in the room as long as you got on your mask and you're doing two toes of beef. But at the same time, you can still get it. You can still get it. Mm-hmm. And the mask, I guess, slows down the process. But these people are still having parties, and they're not—they're not taking any precautions or any type of, you know. Right. Nothing. And you asked me too about um if I was planning on doing something for Christmas. I am thinking about still I'm about fifty between fifty and sixty percent thinking I'm still gonna go to the Dominican. Um I just don't know. What that. is the uh, is but the, I'm, I'm getting a house. At the hotel job? I'm getting a house. Oh I'm, I'm, I'm a VRBO. I'm not I'm not going to no resorts. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm scared just, of the. I mean that that week I was in the hotel. You should have saw me, and I I actually had my my friend was with me that week. So we first of all we stopped at the market, mm-hmm. and I got cleaning supplies, um, <laughs> everything. As soon as I got to the front desk to check in, I asked for another set of sheets like this. And they don't wear, they don't wear a whole lot of masks down there either. And but. Dominican Republic, but yeah. they don't have the high numbers either. Right, they don't have the high numbers because it's hot. It's always hot. It's always burning up, scorching hot. So it's nothing to breathe. You can't. It's no oxygen to blow around. But I, and I, but, but it was hot here this summer. No, we but what had... I mean, no, it's not the same hot. The, mm. Here we got hot and humidity. There it's hot. It's just hot. <laughs> there is mm. no humidity because that's the you know that's the um, equator. There is no humidity. Right. It's just hot. You go outside, you want to go back inside so you can get some oxygen because it's just hot. So they don't have that big problem like we have where humidity creates wind, which blows your breath around to everybody and can infect people. Down there, Mm -hmm. it's not that much. Where they had infections, I'm not saying they didn't have any infection. It's just different. And speaking of wind, I am terrified because the last like couple weeks, we've had horrible wind. Mm Mm-hmm. So, it, right. It so was, that was blowing it around. I wanted to go get something to eat so bad, but I was like, nope, because <laughs> it's just gonna be just my my luck. I'm gonna take a deep breath and the wind will blow. And you see, they don't have that. They also don't have that issue is be, uh, because everything, like all re- like the residents, people that live there, their mm-hmm. doors are always open, the windows are always open, so everything is always aired out. It's not like they got carpet. They don't have carpet down there. They don't do that. Because mm. they need the tile floors to try to keep the house cool. So everything mm-hmm. is so it's very airy. 
So that's why the infection rates aren't going up through the roof like ours. They caught it. They caught it from a tourist. Mm-hmm. Somebody that came in com- in country with it and then spread it that way. Like it didn't, it couldn't, uh, it couldn't have originated there. So you about to bring Corona to the no, Dominican? No, uh uh-uh. uh uh-uh. Plus, I, I'm getting, you know what? How many people going to be plus, mad at you? I, I, you I'm bring... definitely not getting on the plane because I'm definitely going to get tested before I even leave because that's just not, I don't think that would But be then right. you're still getting on the plane, though. Now, and, and but, I think people misunderstand but, planes, though, but I'm talking I about already checked with Southwest. With you know, that's because that's my, you know, I'm a germaphobe. <laughs> I, I need to know what they do for uh, on Southwest flights going international. They do, they are, they are. Now, well, the air, people don't realize the air on the plane is much safer than anywhere else. Yeah. Because that air that's is constantly true. being filtered. But they also said the middle seat is all, all um, on Southwest are still open always now. And plus, yeah, and yeah, then I asked them, um, how, how have flights, because you know, they fly to the Dominican every day. How has flights been every day? In terms They've of how many people? N- nowhere near capacity. And they, they said they only fill planes to 50%. But it has it. never made it to twenty five percent capacity. I don't believe if you if you only fill it have fifty percent and you open it up the middle seat again. Mm-mm. That's what I'm saying. But fifty percent would be without all the middle seats because no. you know on Southwest planes on both sides is the middle seat is is, right. is empty and they only they still don't have fifty percent capacity. Mm-mm. That's what I'm saying. No. They only they said they've been filling a little bit over twenty five percent capacity no. going every day. There's not a whole lot of people go to the Dominican Republic every single day. Tourism isn't really open down there right now anyway. I mean, it's open, but they're not... People aren't traveling, is what I'm getting at. No. So, as as being reported, Monty has taken the corona to the DR. And that's so... not what has been reported. See, that's how conspiracy gets started. <laughs> well, that's what we do. We start rumors, right? That's what we get a bit, so. No, but you got to preface it with, this is a rumor. <laughs> oh, I, oh, as, oh, yeah. You, I said you started like a rumor. so allegedly money is taking the corona to the dr so just be mindful and be cautious allegedly right allegedly Um, which means it could be true it could be false (laughs) oh my god they start reporting that you took corona that's all now if if people from corona right i ain't even gone anywhere yet Hey, look, I heard Marty went down there, and he he, he took that shit down there. You know, he go every year, too. So he, <laughs> every six months. <laughs> he go every six months. He took that shit down, and he'd have killed the whole fucking country. That don't make no sense. But, I'm not, I'm not going um, my my love and light goes out to our fellow host and his family and his children. Um, or there, I'm sorry, their family and children. And um, I just I just hope people be be safe, take this seriously, and don't don't BS it. Um, and last but not least, Howard County has already started the motion to there are no more snow days. Snow days are a thing of the past. Thank you, Zoom. Thank you, Google Meet. I'm gonna say, why would you need a snow day if you're already home? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about they talking about just in moving forward. So once the country opens back up and once things are back. Oh, because normal, you can do school from home. No more snow days. So that means they're gonna keep virtual going even yes. after this. Well, even once the children can go back to school, they're talking about 
So if we do have snow days in the future, we're go they're going to use virtual learning as a means to shut down. Now I'm not saying all the students but that's, are going to sign in, but that will open but, the. Uh, I mean, we gotta go, but I mean that will mm-hmm. open the floodgates to say, to say for instance, I mean mm-hmm. I don't want to use this as an, as an excuse. Your mom. Right. You're the child. Mm-hmm. You're the child. Mm-hmm. You're the eldest child at home. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your mom needs a babysitter yeah. for her younger child, maybe three, two, three. So she can go mm-hmm. to work. Right. Uh-huh. And now that's only for low income people, because I don't know how much that happens for middle middle class people, you know, going to sending their child to daycare and all that kind of stuff. This is more mm-hmm. for on the lower end. It begs the question then, why can't my child stay home, take care of the child, you know, babysit and go to school online? Um, Not all the time, but sometimes where well, there's no other that, choice. Well, I'm, I'm saying that happens. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to say that doesn't already that's, happen. That's, what I'm saying. that's, a, that's a reality today, but there is no recourse for them. To, they only they got to be marked accident. Yeah. In a, yeah. in a regular school year, basically, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, they would be marked mm-hmm. absent, and then yeah. ask for makeup work. Yeah, we already had this kind of discussion. I think, but it's it's, it's due a d- bigger discussion. But that that is a sticky situation because I think your child has to be at least thirteen in order to. That's, be I'm, I'm talking about somebody older than older older. Right, not right, somebody right. like tw- ten and twelve. I'm talking about somebody in high school age. That well, needs right to help now, out their parents. There are certain schools where people are they're slowly going back to school. And their whole like in the county, their whole school is going back to school. Mm-hmm. So that that is definitely a thing. And we we know black families it happens. Open, it happens. You, right. It's, there's a couple of days you stay at home and watch Lord Johnny because I got Or work. even if the child gets sick, your younger child gets struck throat. They need a parent to be home or a guardian to be home. That's mm-hmm, a guardian mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to be home. But the parent needs to work. Right. I can't take off to do this. I need to go to, I gotta go to work. I'm saying, so the the majority, the majority of the schools are not equipped to have smart classrooms. Mm -hmm. They are not like the school that I work at is a, I have a smart classroom Mm -hmm. and the school is, you know, smart, like the smart boards, video in the classroom, all that. But the problem is all the schools are not equipped Mm -hmm. to be able to do that. They have, and that's what that's why I was so tough doing this now because there wasn't enough computers for the whole school. You know, they were. Like, I, I just think about my time in, 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 in the various classrooms. I also think about my time in high school. I, I wish I did not have to trek to school in Through like in my my junior and senior year when I only had two classes. Two but classes. Still, still see. Well, see, you're and didn't have any I money. You're right, a different we, generation than I am. Shut your but, ass up. Um, but <laughs> even so, we, we had zone schools. So our zone schools was in our neighborhood. So right, but I had like, you know, the reason why I say that is because I had an afternoon job eventually, you know, right. because I went and got one. But if I didn't have mm-hmm. to trek to school and could have went to work or because I didn't have money to go home after my two classes, I had to wait for the other two classes in the afternoon to finish to get on the school bus to go home. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't have money to go get on the bus or catch a cab home, my school was right. way far from the bus stop, so it right. wasn't me. You know, <laughs> I wasn't trekking up no hills. Um, I waited until the bus, <laughs> the bell rang at three o'clock. My, class, see, that's a, my see, classes, my classes ended argument. at eleven, see, and I had to wait till three. For, that's an argument for zone schools, though, mm-hmm. because the when you took when you took the zone school in a way, 
that became a problem. Well, they still they still zone school. I'm not saying right. it's not that anymore, but for the most part, elementary, middle school, sometimes they have to journey on a bus to get to school. And I see, I, I would see that many students catching a bus in the morning. But it's, you know, that I think that's the issue where we need to, we can't close down all these schools. We can't keep closing schools down because that's the problem because children now have to travel. But I like the idea of on a sick day, uh, a child having the option of instead of just sitting out of school that they're able to, you know, say your child get chicken pox, you know, or they get the flu, they can still go to school, you know, and, or still have the option of going to school. There's, there's like a, you know, they, they may not be able to sit in on their actual class, but it, but that those liaisons at the school, like substitutes down those students that are sick can log into that program with that substitute right there and, do that work that way, you know? So I, I think it's a great plan. I think it's a great strategy and I am, I'm here for it. Okay. I wanted to finish my thought. You started this, <laughs> but this has been the artist exchange radio show. Don't forget to tune in every Monday and Friday here on the artist exchange radio show. And don't forget every Tuesday binge worthy podcast with myself and Mr. George G Oliver. Uh, and uh, yeah, so don't forget also uh bluejewelrycom Every uh, purchase that you make gets you one entry into the $100 gift certificate gift raffle. And I know that's not a lot of money, but bitches, it is some money. So get it, get Bob Hair earrings um, every Saturday, the pop-up shop. Thank you. Peace out.